0: all without needing a huge team or audience. Join me and thousands of entrepreneurs making six or seven figures on Kajabi, regardless of your audience size. If you're ready to turn your passion into profit, Kajabi is your next step to success. So what are you waiting for? Build, grow, and keep what you earn with Kajabi. Start your journey today, and right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business. If you go to kajabi.com/earn, that's k-a-j-a-b-i.com/earn. Kajabi.com/earn and join the entrepreneurs and creators who've made over six billion dollars. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Head over there now. Earners, what's up? Look, this episode is sponsored by NerdWild's Smart Money Podcast. What's the best way to help you and your finances thrive? The answer can be overwhelming with all the financial misinformation out there. Fortunately, you can turn to NerdWild's objective finance journalists to set things straight and help you make smart decisions with your money. I can't front. The nerds have helped me get smarter about a few things, like planning my tax bills so that I don't dread April every year or making a budget. That's balanced, not just buying sneakers and fly clothes or saving on travel because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night or maybe a five star dinner or boosting my credit score. Since we all know credit is like the real life cheat code. The nerds also explain the real impact that the latest financial headlines can have on your life. You'll get the clarity you need to make smart decisions with confidence. Smart money is the smartest way to get even smarter about money. Let NerdWallet's trusted experts untangle today's web of financial misinformation. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you well, thank you.
1: Sean Combs is a great entrepreneur. He is probably going down in history as one of the greatest entrepreneurs in American history from my standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's a great entrepreneur. First, a lot of people don't know he started as a businessman he you know they people know him as an artist and a fashion icon and so on and so forth but his first role in the entertainment business was as an owner you know first as an A&R you for know, at at Uptown, Uptown. Records but so. then uh, you know ultimately as an owner of Bad Boy Records he was not an artist when he first uh, owned Bad Boy Records mm-hmm. so from there from you know where he took that company alone as a as an entrepreneur was incredible and would go down in history in and of itself. But then to, one of the things I say I was super fortunate to experience, and this is something that, you know, is part of the American dream experience, is to see businesses go from an idea, from like sketches on a table, to like a real business with hundreds of employees, with hundreds of million dollars in sales, and like not just once, like I started like three, four times over, Mm -hmm. Literally like things being sketched out, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, how are the clothes going to look, what's the TV network going to look like, you know, how, how? what are the segments we want, you know, on on a 24-hour day, what's that going to look like, going from that, you know, from an idea to actually happening. And that's a phenomenal, incredible thing, really difficult to do, and to do it, you know, three or four times over in a big way like, uh, you know, Sean Combs did is really Unprecedented, and we're not
0: talking about like a apart. huge time frame. We're talking like twenty years. He's he's done this four times.
1: Absolutely, he's, he's still got, got still got still got more, got more to go. come too, right? Yeah. So this is these are the years where most executives are really just getting in the groove and 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 creating a great uh, great ideas. Um, so he, here's what. So I will say he is rarefied air as an entrepreneur. So you have to understand that first. So it's not it's it's not by accident. It's not, you know, luck. It's, you know, he has great instincts. He has great instincts. Uh, He has great negotiating instincts. He has great instincts of the marketplace, right? So essentially what uh, Puff purposefully created was a whole new category, which, you know, I call and we call urban aspirational. That category really didn't exist, right? So and off of that category, if you really think about everything he created, so it started with the music, mm-hmm. and everybody would talk about the shiny suits, this, that, and the other, but he showed you lifestyle that no one ever thought about, it other than in a comedic way, showing, you know, for, for the hip-hop community. He showed you private jet Good. lifestyle, jet ski lifestyle, Good. and it all was purposeful about this narrative around, you know, we can aspire to these great things. Sean John was totally about aspirations. He was like, I want clothes that feel like you're rich, that you're wearing. I want, you know, at this time, he had you know, he had felt, you know, Gucci and all these other brand names on him. And he's like, I want Sean John to feel like that on the consumer. And I want it to fit them right and they, they're going to feel like, you know, a million bucks when they put it on. So he created a whole category. Once again, just a rare thing for anybody to do. And he parlayed that category into different consumer products groups, from, from clothing to, um, uh, to then spirits, uh, you know, to, to even how he approached uh, his television work and, uh, you know, and, and, and many other different consumer products categories that he got involved in, including water and, and, and other things. So. Aquahundry. Alcohol So that's right, we're on camera so you can see it. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so that, so, but but a couple of things I would say, this is really, I think, unique about uh, someone like myself working with him. Uh, I'm there to be the analytical person to, and to do everything I learned, right? It's like do valuation models. And for all of my fellow MBAs and so on, like when you get a, around, Someone like a Sean Combs or Sean Carter or whatever, don't think you have to lose the skill set that you're supposed to be bringing to the table. In fact, trust that skill set because it's really important and it's important for you to bring that to the table. But I would say what I learned is that um, there is something important about instinct, there is something important about celebrity, and there is something important about, um, you know, knowing. Knowing your value and being able to walk away from a deal. So I would say one of the great things that Sean was able to always do in almost any deal I was involved in him with is I would set the range and say, okay, we're going to the room. If we get this deal to around this level, you know, if we get it to like 15 million, that's a really good deal. We really should do it, right? Yeah. If it's below that, we, can, you know, maybe we want to keep negotiating, you know, whatever. So many a times I've been in the room, and we get to the 15, and I'm like, I'm smiling, I'm happy, <laughs> like smiling on the inside. And he's, and you know, and he's just, he'll look at him like, yeah, all right, well, I don't think we're gonna have a deal today. You know, y'all just don't really know my value. Thanks very much. I taught you, later. and I'm like kicking. I'm like, what are you doing? We got, we got to our number. You know what I mean? But yeah. he was like, I could look in their eyes and know they wanted to do more. <laughs> you know what I mean? I knew, I know they are not leaving here without doing this deal, but. Like I said, everyone's not an entrepreneur. That takes guts. To walk away from some of the numbers we would walk away from uh, and say no to, that he would walk away from and say no to, takes a lot of guts and belief in yourself. And and that was part of how he approached deals. He never went into a deal like, I got to have this deal. He never went into anything with desperation. And some of that is about planning. So anything you saw... Sean Combs and Bad Boy do it had been in the works for years I wasn't involved in anything that didn't take 12 to 24 months it had been in the work for years so none of these are like knee-jerk like one of the better places to be as an athlete or an entertainer is where you have to make decisions to survive Mm -hmm. right survival decisions versus you've mapped out a course like you know Sean was very strategic about when am I going to be in the spirits business? I know I'm going to be there at a certain point, but I want to build my brand of celebration. And I want to build build my brand of aspiration enough so that when I get to the spirits business, I can create a brand that sits at a certain price point, that stands for a certain thing, and that will be presented the right way. So these things were orchestrated, you know, years in advance. Before we uh, g- got into the businesses, and then negotiating the deals to negotiate the deal you really want sometimes takes a long time, and means you're going to have to have a lot of patience, a lot of faith in yourself. People are going to come to you many times to say, "All right, do this deal now, or we're walking away." And you may have to say, "All right, walk away." No, you're worth.
0: Right, no, you're and worried. I mean that was
1: him. He was great at that, uh, but also great at just identifying. Opportunities. We talked about it earlier. Identifying white space Mm. in the spirits industry. That the the success of Ciroc was all about identifying the white space. There was no premium uh, alcohol that our community could call their own. They were like running to the Great Gooses. All these other brands that really didn't want us as customers. Mm -hmm. And he. he knew there was a, 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 a just a huge white space.
0: So how how did the surprise deal even come about, right? Because at that time we saw a lot of people. Well, mostly I felt like Bad Boy and Rockefeller were going back and forth, right? They had Rockaway, Sean John, um shout to Sean John, John. I love the Fifth Avenue. That was like I'll fade the closing line. Like we were on that Fifth Avenue all the time, <laughs> right? Um, but. You know, they were coming out with Armadale, and I remember Ludacris came out with an alcohol. And was was the idea to create your own or partner with a company that was already existing? How did that deal come about?
1: So the deal um, was with Diageo, the and uh, they had done a couple of things with uh, Bad Boy and Sean and just loved the results. So I think, I'm not even sure what the larger list of things were, but whether they were events, parties, everything they did... You know, uh, you know, Puff just over-delivered to, you know, in a way that they were like, we really want to be in business with. Mm-hmm. You know? So, honestly, the initial conversations were a range of things. You know, we could start our own product, could develop something from scratch, um, and and or anything. Like, what do you want to do type of thing, right? We just need to have so, it. so, I think the biggest thing uh, that happened was they had this product, this, um, uh, this product that they said, you know, look, we just launched this. It's not, it really hasn't done much. You know, what do you think about it? Mm-hmm. And um, he thought it could work for him, basically. So we ended up going going down that path. Yes. And that was the first product. The next product was, he always did want to create something from scratch. And the next product was a tequila product, De Leon, which uh, was, was an acquisition, but again, was totally driven by something he wanted to do and something he had vetted out. And wanted to launch. Yeah,
0: when I when I read like the history of, of like Siroc, um, names like Nick Storm come up, <laughs> and um, I know he was part of the hypnotic movement. Yes. And then was is he part of was he part of the team originally that was the acquisition part with with Siroc? Uh,
1: yeah, he wasn't day one at the acquisition level, but I think immediately you know he was on that list of people we need like day two <laughs> to go you know promote the brand. Yeah, and I, and, and I mean. I think that another thing, I'm not going to give away all the secrets because I know the book is coming. (laughs) The book is coming. (laughs) The book is coming for sure. But another thing, you know, know, Sean was always focused on was um, not playing fair. So how do I use my celebrity to catapult something Mm. in a unique way? How do I do things that other people can't do uh, to catapult my brands uniquely? And that was the approach with, uh, you know, with Serac is that I have to really own the lifestyle and I'm going to do it, you know, unfairly. I'm going to go get every celebrity friend I have, every, but not only that, but every lifestyle uh, person in each market, you know, who's the... The person on the radio, uh, who's the receptionist that just knows everybody? Mm-hmm. Who are the party throwers in each market? I'm gonna go lock all of them down. Create ambassadors. Create, you know, the rock DJs. You know, create. Um, Ciroc rock Bro- girls, rock boys, rock girls. Ciroc. How am I gonna lock down the lifestyle? It's
0: like the, they turned from the '90s era of making the million-dollar video to the 60-second commercial that feels like the $1 million video. So he's in the helicopters. He's like James Bono. Like, showing likes to call him Black Caesar like, throughout most of these commercials. So yeah. Like, yeah, if we drink so rock, we can have that lifestyle too. So, like, yeah, he's a genius,
1: man. Yeah, Shani did he, man. That's, that's why I call him Black Caesar. <laughs> <laughs> he, just, he just embodies that whole vibe. <laughs>